When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Absock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire. We've been looking at our favorite scenes. That's right. These are the scenes, the smaller, more specific, maybe even quieter moments that help build this show into something grand and great. These are the moments that bring us back. And I've been looking at season one. And I want to focus on episode seven, you win or you die. And and the exchange towards the end. This is this is Ned's downfall. Ned conspiring with Baelish. Ned, great on the battlefield. Great leader. Great mentor and father figure and father. But stubborn to a fault. Not dumb. Not simple. But out of his league. Out of his element. And going back to season one, and season two, three, and the early seasons of the show, Baelish was on fire. And this political intrigue, the political maneuverings, the pieces being moved around the chessboard was uh, what brought a lot of people to the show and kept them there. This is what we wanted. Uh, forget White Walkers, dragons, and uh, magic and all that kind of stuff. These are the moments and the conversations that uh, pulled us in. And Ned should never have gone south, a lot of people would say. I think he had to. I think he did the honorable thing, uh, part of his undoing. But Ned was almost out. He was almost out. Injured, done, about to leave. He was packing up. But Baelish kept him here. It's one of my favorite little uh, sequences. But then there's the moment where he he calls Baelish to his chambers. He writes the letter that's going to go out to the realms, going to go to Stannis Baratheon, specifically sends one of his men, yourself, for Dragonstone tonight. Put this in Stannis' hands. This is where Ned's basically saying, Stannis, you're the king, and I'm throwing in behind you. And Baelish comes to talk him out of it. Baelish comes a little bit, I don't want to say panicked, but this is what Baelish does. He has plans, and then they start to go awry, or the situations change, and he adapts, and he moves. And this is what he was doing with Ned. He was playing him playing him well and you go back and really study that moment you see ned this is this is him flailing towards the end his downfall is written in the stars right in front of us and there's a great exchange where baelish basically says here's what you got to do you got to throw in behind joffrey you got to work different we 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 put we or you mean we yes we says baelish we're gonna put redley on the throne that's how we do it play it differently don't be honest don't you don't be open with your plans. All right, you learned some things about Joffrey and Tom and Marcella. Keep it to yourself, fool. From the north, listen to me. Listen to me. We know it costs Ned, but there's this great exchange where Ned says, almost almost just so naive, man. What you suggest is treason. Baelish says, only if we lose. I love that. That is a theme building quote from Baelish there. That is part of his strategy. Only if we lose. We only make peace with our enemies. That's why it's called making peace. But Ned digs in. He just grinds his heels into the ground. He is not going to move. And I love when Baelish says it will be Stannis and war. Which is what it will be. 
Baelish right there, and you never know, quite know how how far is he ahead? How far is he playing catch up, but still acting like he's ahead? Ahead? How how uh, what is in his planning? What what is going on with Baelish? I think there's so much all the time, and if you study this scene. I think you see him. It's almost like in the, in the courtroom. He's on the. He's uh, out in front of the judge and jury and other lawyers, and he's and he's moving and shaking. Ned, I think it was easier for him to play. That's why it's going to season seven. A little bit of justice that Ned's daughters were the ones that took Baelish out. I think that's that carries some weight. If you go back to this moment, it feels a little more just what happened to Baelish. But here. This is Peak Baelish, and I love watching him work, and it all builds to one of the finest moments of the show. One of the finest moments of the show is Baelish putting that knife to Ned's neck. I did warn you not to trust me, but that moment has the impact, I think, because of this moment. We want to believe what Ned is doing right. We want to believe he can handle Baelish, but he can't. He cannot. It's one of my favorite moments. Season 1, Episode 7. What's yours? Call into Daily Thrones. Let's talk about it. Favorite moments. The quieter, smaller moments. Hey, Ken. Another scene I really wanted to talk about happened in Season 3, and it's when Catelyn Stark talks to Rob Stark's wife, Talisa, about her broken promise, how when Ned Stark arrived back from the war with Jon Snow, she wanted, she wished for the, the child to just die, to go away. And Jon ended up getting very, very sick. And she realized, she says that she was the worst person in the world. She condemned this poor, innocent child to this horrible death, all because she was jealous of his mother, who she didn't even know. So she stood by his bedside and prayed and said, just let him live and I'll love him. I'll be a mother to him, and I'll have Ned make him a Stark and give him a true name. And he lived, she says. And then she says, and I couldn't keep my promise. And it was the way she says that and looks at Talisa that really got to me. And she says, every bad thing that happened to my family, I believe, was because of that broken promise. Hey, Ken, it's Mark calling you from the car. Hope you can hear me. Uh, you're talking about uh, some favorite moments, some quieter moments, and I'm going to bring it back to season one, as you just did with uh, Baelish and Ned. And I'm going to say one of my favorite smaller moments is uh, Robert Baratheon talking about war stories with Sir Barristan Deselme and then, of course, Sir Jamie, uh, which is our first hint at what truly happened in the Red Keep uh, the day the Mad King fell. When Jamie tells Robert, he said the same thing he'd been burnt, that he'd been saying for hours, burn them all, or screaming, rather, screaming. I just, I love that. I love Robert told diatribe at the beginning where he's talking about killing the Tarly boy and uh, just how he feels about wartime in general. You can tell he is a soldier. He is not a true king. What do you think about that, Steve? All right, two more great moments submitted here on our discussion of the quieter, smaller, more intimate, but important and favorite scenes in Game of Thrones. And Eric and Mark have back-to-back calls that I uh, really enjoy for different reasons. Jumping to season three, Eric is talking about Caitlin's uh, confession, Caitlin Stark's confession to Talisa about uh, just how deep that hate for Jon Snow went, praying for his demise, basically. And it's a great moment because... Catelyn Stark, for me, this is just for me, has always been uh, not a controversial character, but a conflicted character because 
I think she's a great mother, a great wife, a great lead for that house. I think she is just as important to the leadership of House Stark as as Ned is, because I think Ned would view her as such. So there's a lot of great things, and I love Catelyn Stark's do-anything-for-her-family attitude. I just think she jumped the gun. She caused a lot of the problems, including uh, Ned getting attacked in the street, injured, and eventually dead. Now, I wouldn't put that at the feet of Caitlyn Stark. That's not fair. But uh, I I, I sometimes look at her with with, with just just a little bit of confusion. What does my heart really want to do with the character Caitlyn Stark? Praise her completely? Vilify her for things out of her control? And and all of it comes from heart and passion. And, And that scene, that moment, you start to you, you, I felt for her. I felt for her because there's some moments in season one she's just so mean to Jon Snow. Now, look, I get it. She is under the impression that her husband cheated on her, came back with this this bastard child, which is something that looked very down in that, that time. Not just the infidelity, but this this but, uh, bastard child. He's, he's not a pureborn Stark. There's a lot there. And Catelyn has... Catelyn has reason. Great reason. To be upset at Ned and by proxy Jon Snow, but it's cold. It's 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 cold. So I do love that moment because you feel her heart breaking all over again, and you feel her kind of realize her mistake. If she just maybe opened her heart a little bit, forgave Jon. Not necessarily that she had to forgive Ned. She probably forgot a little bit or moved past it, justified it in her heart. I'm not asking her to forgive Ned, but if she could have forgave John for just something that was out of his control, maybe some of this wouldn't have happened. Maybe her heart wouldn't be breaking all over again. Catelyn Stark is a tragic character. Her ending is tragic. Uh, she'd be very proud of her daughters, very proud of her family, but it's very, very tragic that she's not there because she she was willing to do it all, do all for her family and and Rob is to blame for that death. Specific, specifically, different conversation. Marks call is about a scene that i absolutely love we've talked about it here before and we will talk about it again season one going back to season one where a lot of my focus has been this week and robert baratheon the king sir barristan selmy our first real solid time with barristan and jamie lannister jamie lannister get in here king slayer great scene there's so many great scenes with robert baratheon that Cersei Robert scene is something we'll be talking about as well. But that Remark Addy does a spectacular job. I sometimes just miss his presence. The, the character of Robert Baratheon is conflicted as well. Uh, whereas Catelyn Stark's conflicted because sometimes she just does good and sometimes try, tries too hard to do good. Robert is despicable at times. And he was a bad king. There's no doubt about it. In this scene, you're right, Mark. You get to see Robert the warrior. Robert the conqueror, not the ruler. And we learn a lot about Barristan Selmy and how great he is. But it's those moments with Jamie Lannister. I say it's the first time, the first time that this character I, I started looking at with a little different light. Maybe he's right. What really did happen? We talked about the quotes. What right does the, the lion judge the wolf? Like, like or excuse me. Strike that. Reverse. But what right does a wolf judge the lion? But the lion shouldn't judge the wolf either. It's this moment that you really start to look at Jamie Lannister and think, is, he's the, is he the bad guy that I think he is? 
was something there. And what if he's right? What if killing the Mad King was a good thing? It's food for thought. And that scene is one of my favorite scenes. Every time I do a season one rewatch, I stop everything and focus on the scene in that moment. It's great. Great call, Mark. Great call, Eric. You guys got a favorite scene? Let me hear about it here on Daily Thrones.